Hey, it's Andrew, and today on the show we have Jeff Heckler, Global Head of Customer Success at Pipedrive. In this episode, we talked about how Jeff went from being a numbers guy to a career in customer success, how Pipedrive's customer success team scaled from 15 to 55 people in just 18 months, and how the team is now structured. We also discussed the functions of customer success operations team, the engagement and growth team within customer success, and the populations they serve. We then dove into KPIs, key metrics, and how their team is empowered to drive success. As usual, I'm excited to hear what you think of this episode, and if you have any feedback, I would love to hear from you. You can email me directly on andrew at churn.fm. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and enjoy the episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Avrio, a collaborative insights platform built directly into your workflow. With a browser extension and web app, Avrio provides a new way to capture and share data analysis, user research, and learnings directly in context with your team. From data dashboards, Google Slides, and Slack threads, to inside of apps and team members' heads, Avrio captures all of your insights and creates a single source of truth. Visit avrio.com to learn how you can maximize your team's collective knowledge with Avrio. This is Churn.fm, the podcast for subscription economy pros. Each week, we hear how the world's fastest growing companies are tackling churn and using retention to fuel their growth. How do you build a habit-forming product? We crossed over that magic threshold to negative churn. You need to invest in customer success. It always comes down to, to retention and engagement. Completely bootstrap, profitable, and growing. Strategies, tactics, and ideas brought together to help your business thrive in the subscription economy. I'm your host, Andrew Michael, and here's today's episode. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. Really happy to be here. Thank you. It's great to have you. Uh, For the listeners, Jeff is the Global Head of Customer Success at Pipedrive, a sales CRM and pipeline management platform that serves over 95,000 companies. Jeff started out his career as an analyst and went on to work at companies like SAP, Accenture, and Stanford Healthcare, where he served as a senior manager of BI and director of business intelligence. Jeff is also a founding member of Gain, Grow, Retain and Practical CSM, two great communities to help customer success practitioners and leaders grow in their respective roles. So my first question for you, Jeff, is what made you make the switch from being the numbers guy to career and customer success? Well, I... I, it was by accident, like almost everybody that gets into customer success, right? Um, so I, and I love data. So that's no, you know, of course I spent the, most of my 20 years in, in business intelligence and half of that with CS in business intelligence, uh, but it, it started off accidentally. So I had um, about, about a dozen years deep into business intelligence and delivering customer facing uh, product um, and deliverables. Uh, for both uh, startups and, and large companies, as you as you mentioned, and I uh, joined a, a company called Snapfile, and I was going to bring analytics uh, and a front end to what they had as a an electronic uh, document storage for three different verticals. Um, and then very quickly uh, getting to that, getting in there, uh, we realized that we were doing an excellent job with the technology and 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 the ICP, but uh, after that we weren't. Um, learning more about our product from the customer uh, experiential standpoint, uh, we weren't really helping them uh, to do the, the the effort and the services needed to to uplift. And so we looked at a professional services angle and started to do some of that. Um, but then I, I and this was shortly after I, I moved out to uh, Palo Alto, I had some uh, 
important conversations with some people that were talking about customers for life programs. And so that really intrigued me. I came, of course, from a, a professional services heavy background. And uh, I learned very early on um, that uh, if you, if the closer you were to your customers, the more you'd learn yourself uh, for your profession, the more uh, rewarding it is. Really, that's the biggest driver. Uh, and the more you're able to help. And so the closer we got to our customers uh, at Snapfile and the, the more, uh, more work that we did with them directly uh, enabled us to build products, to uh, build a, a tighter uh, roadmap for ourselves. Uh, but also um, drove value for our customers. And as a startup, um, not just the value, but the referential abilities uh, to build on that were huge. And so this customer for life thing that started uh, kind of as a, as a hot uh, whisper in, in the Silicon Valley uh, really took hold for me. I really, I got it. I, I, I understood it. I made uh, total sense to me. And so um, that's, uh, that's where it, it got that's rolling. That's there. Yeah, it's interesting as well. Like, how big was that startup at that stage? Uh, how many people when you joined? Five. Five. Okay. So, a really small startup. And I think this is definitely like an interesting uh, thing I've noticed as well. Like, even coming from my experience working at Hotshot, is that very early on, like data analytics and BI uh, is not going to be the most helpful, I think, when you are that small and you have like a limited number of customers to learn from because ultimately you're getting false signals. And the most powerful, like, Thing to begin with is really just getting those custom insights speaking to as many customers as you can and um very cool so that's how you you made it and then today now you're currently a pipe drive you've been there for about a year and a half now um what's been like your biggest surprise since joining pipe drive gosh um well in a, in a year and a half there have been a, uh, many uh, so we've had a, a no shortage of of change um that has been wonderful actually and I know it wouldn't be a lot of people's cup of tea, uh, but the amount of change that we've gone through in 18 months has been um, quite miraculous. Um, so, uh, gosh, um, the people. So we, you know, I first talked about my team. Um, we've scaled from 16 to uh, we'll be close to about 55 shortly. Uh, we're announcing five new hires uh, next Monday, which I'm incredibly excited about. Um, so it's really about how we've been able to build a team at scale that's been cohesive, that's been fun, uh, that's been um, continually growing and promoted. I've had a lot of internal promotions, um, how they've been able to, to uh, pivot themselves uh, professionally, personally, um, and you know, all through this little thing we call COVID. Uh, it's, it's been nothing short of miraculous. And then you can talk about the other things that have been surprising. Uh, we uh, just have our third CEO start this week. Um, and all the things that you get to learn through different leadership changes. Um, I'm reporting to my fourth um, individual myself, who has uh, a seat on executive uh, at the executive table, which has been great. Uh, so we're learning from all those different individuals and management styles and, and uh, what they uh, track to as KPIs and OKRs has been very enlightening and, and educational, um, even where I am here, uh, you know, 20 plus years in. Um, so that's been great. And then the acquisition from Vista. So we went from a you know, I got here, it was about uh, 625 employees, and then we were inquired last November, and that changes uh, what you're able to do, uh, how you're able to um, get things done in the market, uh, the level of conviction that your customers uh, can have at a, at a greater scale. Um, so you start your conversations higher up, and um, now we're, gosh, uh, about 825 employees, and 
and then the growth. You know, I, uh, we're over 100,000 customers, 700,000 subscribers, um, 150 million uh, in revenue, and we were uh, significantly less than that, uh, 85,000 customers. And I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 85,000 customers, about that that much in revenue. Um, and we've really, uh, really rocket, rocketed in the past, uh, like you said, uh, 18 months. Wow. Uh, that definitely sounds like a lot going on in the space of one year. The, the one thing I'm interested, you mentioned, like you grew the CS team from 16 to 55 uh, people. I think that's like no easy uh, feat like to get done. How have you gone about it? And maybe let's start off like what was the motivation actually to grow the team uh, that quickly to that size? Like what was the opportunity you saw? Um. So I, it, it comes back from what I learned a long time ago when I, I came into the software industry in, in 1998, by, again, by accident, um, is that it was the right thing to do. So um, from, a, from a number standpoint, uh, when I came in, we were serving about 3% of the total customer or account base, uh, which was still about 3,000 accounts. And then rounding those numbers, it was about uh, $25 million in revenue. Um, which about 30% of all revenues, a little around there. Um, but that was very small, right? So if you want to do the right thing for your customers, you have to find a way to serve all of them, all 100,000 uh, at scale and, um, and not in, in what I don't like as a term, digital first, uh, maybe digitally supported, digitally enabled, um, but not digital first and, and is, uh, or digital CS, which also drives me quite mad. But anyways, so it was um, it was about doing that, and then having the the management and the individuals that came before you in the CS department also um, wanting that for our customers, for our company, and for our careers. Uh, how let's see how we can tackle this thing. Um, and so that was uh, how it started. And so um, and we can get into this if you'd like, but uh, just as a on a brief note. So when you when we were uh, at the point where we're only serving 3% of our account base, uh, it was one to many. And it was the classic CS model of account management, 200 uh, accounts per portfolio, um, you know, and a, and a dozen uh, or less than that customer success managers. And, and you had that model. Now it's much different. We have pooled success teams, uh, customer success teams. We have an operations team of half a dozen individuals. Um, and we have a, a lot of other things that have gone on in there, but that's a quick overview and, and the why uh, and a little bit of the yeah, I want to dive into that even uh, more then as well. So you went from three serving three percent to hundred percent as a customer success org. How are you doing that, and what does that like interaction with your customers look like? Um, what is the structure and the makeup of the team as well? Sure. So um, if I if I looked at an org chart, you uh, when I first got here, you'd basically see uh, a, one one group and a straight line down to another group, and that was you know you have your management functions. And then that goes down to the one-to-many uh, uh, CSMs. Today, it's much different. So the first thing that um, you have to do at, at any place, um, whether, and the magic number is somewhere around six to eight CSMs, people start thinking about ops. I say zero to one uh, CSMs, you start thinking about ops. Um, CS operations, um, if, if we record this on video, I, I drink out a mug that says, I heart CS ops. Um, I am very fond. Um, and when we were lucky too, uh, we had some great people that came in to join C CS operations. So that is the first place to start that you can do anything to scale. Uh, that's, it's pretty obvious, but it needs to be said. It needs to be emphasized that when you bring it in, um, and also the platform, the tools, we, if you ask our friends at Vista, they will tell you, we probably have one of the largest tech stacks at, uh, at least 15 different tools that we use 
to uh, pull off CS at Pipedrive. And so um, we, and, and in there is our own platform. So uh, when I came in, we had a platform um, and no, no fault of the platform, we just weren't ready. We didn't have defined processes. We didn't have workflows. Our playbooks were a mess. Um, it, we did, we did, uh, we, we didn't have customer segmentation, the maturity that was necessary. Um, and, and at scale, we still didn't know enough about our customers and about their journeys. Um, and that all started with analytics. Um, and so it was about getting the operations team in, um, that operations team, we can talk more about them. They're rounded out, uh, in a number of different models, uh, um, roles, um, but that allows us to expand. And then from there. Uh, we have two more additional teams that are, have been added to customer success at Pipedrive, and those are pooled CSM models. Um, and they have two different, they, they're two different groups because they serve two different populations, uh, but that has been key and they've been delivering phenomenally. Um, I'll give you a metric that uh, a couple of our um, individual contributors on those, on those team uh, give us back 40X on, on cost. And so that's been very eye-opening and available to, to scale as well. Wow, that's incredible. Um... I wanted to ask then a little bit more about this, uh, the CSOps role. And you mentioned there's a few different functions that operate within it and to get things set up at that scale. What are those functions? Um, maybe you can run through them for us. Sure, sure. I'll just go through the position themselves. You, you have your manager. Um, and so that's somebody that had a deep background in business sense of about 15 years and some account management experience and then some CS hands-on experience uh, herself. And so that was, uh, and in Pipedrive. So it, it gave us a good running start, right? Somebody who knew the tool. Uh, we use customer success, our, our customer success platform is a Pipedrive. And so we use that as our CS platform. So that gave us a running start. Um, and then you have a system and operations individual, the responsible mainly for tools um, and to make sure that we're administering those correctly. We own them ourselves. Um, it's not out of another organization. They need to sit with us because we are, um, you know, we're moving at the speed of the business, which is quite quick, and, and we're moving at the speed of our customer population as well. And so in order to do that, you need to own them in-house. And so we do that. Um, along with the uh, system project manager, we have a data analyst. And so um, although Pipedrive has an, a phenomenal and very large BI team, which is also another reason that I, I, I really appreciated coming to Pipedrive, is that um, in order to run some of the things that we need to do, uh, for example, we run a lot of our own marketing campaigns within the quarter, uh, depending upon how our business is operating as a CS business. So we run our own analytics to figure out what cohorts of customers we want to engage with. Um, and, and so we can build our own campaigns in-house. Uh, we have our own internal trainer, and that trainer uh, is, uh, is for our own internal product. So as our product develops, which is at quite a high rate, we're growing multi-product. Um, right now. And so uh, that's been a necessary and also for skill and professional development. So uh, things like negotiations uh, and contracting, billing, and, and all the things that really takes to round out a, a CS individual who, who covers everything from the moment the customer goes live um, and their, uh, as their life cycle with us. Um, we also have uh, an intern uh, model. Uh, it, it, it means a lot to us at PipeDrive um, that we give back to the communities um, of which we uh, are established and really came from. So there have been two locations in Estonia, uh, both in Tartu and in Tallinn, that um, have come to mean a lot to us over the past 10 plus years. And so um, it's helpful uh, for us to, to, you know, to be able to provide that. Um, and it's, uh, it gives us a lot of uh, in, intrinsic reward. So that's, that's uh, part of it. Um, we have an admin who keeps a lot of our internal 
systems organized. So we have uh, a lot of materials uh, in our own you know, CS hub and, and different um, uh, reservoirs and other uh, metadata, metadata holds that we need to keep maintained. And so that individual works on that. And then, um, gosh, I, I think that's about it, but I'd, I'd love to say that we have many more. So those are, those are the main rules that we have in, in our operations. Wow. Um, so it, it's like almost like a full-fledged operations team for a company, but just serving CS uh, within Pipedrive. That's uh, absolutely correct. And, and if you want to look under the hood of what may be next, um, I would say for, for teams like us, um, I would say a CS marketing. Um, so I've, I've written about this um, and talked about this in, in other platforms. Um, marketing for CS, owned by CS, budgeted within CS is the next, next thing that I'm after. Yeah, we, we, this has been a theme that's come up on the show, and especially when it's more of like a uh, low-touch model where it's, it blurs the lines between is it marketing or is it customer success uh, that owns this? And sometimes you have like customer lifecycle marketers, which tend to like overlap with a lot of what customer success does as well. So it's always interesting to hear how different companies uh, choose to structure these roles and uh, position them within the org. Um, so you have you mentioned you have then two different groups serving different populations, um, one to many uh, sort of model, a pooled model, sorry. Um, how is that setup work and how are you able then to serve like the 100,000 customers and produce like a consistent experience for them? Sure. So the, it's first, it's kind of customer journey mapping. So we have gone through that quite rigorously to um, quite some painful detail um, on, a, on a minute basis, but all of that work and effort uh, pays off. So we, we actually go through this um, uh, with sales and, and with uh, other stakeholders across the company so that we understand all the touch points from the moment that a customer hears uh, pipe drive and they start a search. And if they come in organic or, or paid, uh, we understand what brought them to be. And then we go from there and, and we draw out the experience. So um, for us in customer success, the two teams that we have, one is called growth uh, and the other team is engagement. Um, so I'll start with the growth team. Uh, the growth team uh, established uh, about a year ago now, uh, last summer, and that is for customers that have uh, basically three things uh, that bring them into life. If they're not an assigned account with a customer success manager, they're unassigned um, and they're experiencing one of three things. Either uh, we notice that there's a consumption gap. So going through analytics, we notice that they're not using full features of their plan. Um, maybe their, their, their usage patterns are, are odd to us for you know, whatever manner of reason that uh, we want to uh, get them with them some education. So we'll do that through a number of different uh, digital uh, enablement strategies and channels uh, generally. One of them also could be escalation. So if they're having a, uh, a particular technical issue um, or there's another really compelling event um, like billing or something like that, that, that we uh, will engage with um, from a member of that team live, um, that could be uh, another one. And then the expansion. So this is a company that either um, raises their hand and, and self-acknowledges that they are an expansion opportunity or through our analytics and profiling and, and data enrichment, we um, have this uh, profile of a cohort that uh, they're looking to, to expand. And so again, we will uh, lead with um, potentially some marketing collateral, but it's about getting um, somebody uh, to help uh, them navigate those, those waters. So that's the growth team. And then the second team is the engagement team. And the engagement team does a number of things. Um, first, uh, one of their items is that they have a fast track onboarding. So it's about 30 minutes 
with new customers who, again, fit a profile that they don't have an assigned customer success manager, um, but they have a, the, the profile that fits that they could be a potential cu uh, customer that we want to drive through uh, all of our teams up to a, a, you know, a larger uh, opportunity for us. And so that fast track onboarding is 30 minutes with an individual from our engagement team, which will walk them through. Here's Pipedrive. Here are the fundas foundational uh, you know, principles to using Pipedrive. And here are all the enablement channels and, and get them um, up and running established. And the other things that they will do is they own all manual billing uh, that needs to be administered. Uh, they own some of the other escalations uh, that are uh, more able to be handled on, a, on a, just a one-time turnaround. So uh, customers that come in for any sort of reason that they just need live help that doesn't fit a support profile. Uh, and then are you not having any dedicated customer support and everything's in the pool fashion or do you still have accounts where they have a dedicated uh, customer success manager dealing with them? We have uh, just under um, 4,000 accounts that have a dedicated customer success managers. And then within those teams, so that's our named account classic CSM model. Those are segmented further. And so you have three different groupings within that, that, that tier as well. So customer success managers at, at Pipedrive have on average 200 accounts. Uh, and that's about 2.25 uh, ARR per uh, CSM. And within their uh, portfolio, they'll have um, basically a pyramid of, of three different tiers of customers that they'll engage with. Very cool. Um, and another like question comes to mind then as well. So you, you've scaled pretty rapidly, 16 to 55. You've gone from 3% to 100% of customer base. Like, how are you measuring the ROI? And obviously coming from a numbers background in business intelligence, like I'd assume there's different ways you're trying to measure the performance of the team, but how are you actually trying to measure the impact that the team is making? What are some of the metrics that you're uh, focused on as a team and how are you empowering the team to move those metrics? Sure. Well, at a very high level, uh, we're measured uh, by performance from our company standpoint on uh, revenue baseline to net new revenue uplift. Uh, inclusive of con, you know, uh, expansions, uh, cross-sell, upsells, minus contraction churns. Um, so there's a total number on that. And then uh, total uh, logo. So logo churn, uh, quarter on quarter. And that's um, at a, what, two of the major metrics for the department and the uh, key metrics for the named accounts team. The named accounts team also has accelerators based on uh, new product uh, and also uh, other senses if we're um, let's say incentivizing monthly to annual contract uh, conversions so that's uh, for that team um, the other two teams are uh, simply on uh, the net new that is brought in by those teams or the growth and the the engagement team and then um, what will uh, be next in, the, in line uh, hopefully will be for the operations team to have uh, three uh, kpis uh, for, for them to be recognized as well on how each of those three teams is doing uh, as we build better baselines. The engagement team is new as of March the 15th. Uh, so we're still looking to, to gather data baseline uh, for that team as well. Um, and then from there, uh, you know, from a budgetary standpoint, looking at total cost uh, and, and then you know, percentage uh, uplift from that, because of course we're very ha uh, happy and, and honored to be commercial facing. And so have those responsibilities. Um, some of the other things that we, we measure is the churn year on year decrease. So we've decreased that uh, year on year by nearly 7%. Uh, some of the other numbers are the 5% the, the on a month-on-month -month running average that we have for that. Um, number, uh, the seed upgrade numbers that we look at uh, more granularly, 
uh, as well as uh, the retention efforts and, and how much uh, is brought back from, from save, uh, save uh, campaigns or win back campaigns. So there's some other metrics. Then of, uh, of course we have some rudimentary and we're working on more, uh, how does customer success affect, uh, excuse me, uh, referrals and the lowering of CAC for uh, our marketing, uh, how we lower volumes and increase um, the, the, um, the integrity of, of customers that are coming to support chat uh, as well as telephone support um, and some uh, LTV metrics that we're uh, like to get a, a better grasp on as well. Interesting. And you started off though with net new revenue, um, and this is probably not a, a one I hear very often. I think when it comes to customer success itself, and it sounds more like uh, a sales room because you mentioned obviously expansion being one. And I think that's very typical. Uh, with customer success, but what other areas of focus are like the customer success responsible for increasing revenue? Um, and, and how are you measuring that as a whole? So I, I'm assuming that it would be if a company is on a monthly subscription, let's say call it a yearly subscription of 10K, if somehow they increase to 11K, that 1K would be like counted as part of that net new revenue, would that be it? Or it's including sales as well, new customers? Uh, no, that's so it's it, it is kind of so if we have a customer success manager, let's say they have account A uh, and that uplifts, like you said, from 10 to 11. Um, so that's net new. And then if that account A uh, brings in another account with us um, uh, from another division or another parent, uh, child company, then that would be net new as well, as well as a net new a logo. So we have that uh, as well. Um, all of those, of course, get rolled up into the, the total from the baseline, um, but we are getting better at measuring what is uh, the contraction and churn uh, both in plan and seats versus what is net new both in plan and seats and expansion into new accounts. Um, and then additionally, we, I, I, I didn't mention we have accelerators um, or maybe I did mention we have accelerators around new product uh, as well as incentivizing behaviors for um, uh, as I mentioned, monthly to annual plan um, uh, and other initiatives that we want to uh, map to corporate um, uh, goals and initiatives. Cool. And then in this model then as well, it, it feels like the customer success is really trying to drive sales to some degree as well. Do you not have sales team members then involved in any of these conversations or is really purely like your CS team, for example, the case where you gave bringing in a parent, like a parent company, bringing in other child companies in and things like that. Is that purely like customer success driven or is there partnership with sales? How does that relationship work? It's purely customer success. So um, I've been a part of a whole different types of models. And, and we, you know, uh, I know that you know, there are a million different ways to build customer success. We all know that. Yeah. Um, here at, at Pipe Drive, there is a definitive line in the sand um, or uh, however you want to use the, the, the metaphor. Um, the sales operates in, in their world and we operate in ours. So the net new customer uh, and sign up is from a sales activity, and then it gets handed over upon paying uh, from trial to pay conversion to uh, customer success. And then from there, it's all customer success driven, uh, renewals, expansions, uh, and, and everything in between. Yeah, I, I see pros and cons with both sides uh, of it. I think if anything, maybe from a user perspective, for me personally, like thinking back to like products that have uh, been involved in the buying process and then working with customer success, it always feels a bit disjointed when you have this back and forth, like, okay, now your renewal's coming up, so I'm going to get the account executive to start speaking to you to discuss your renewal, and then I'm going to come back and take over as the CS team rep. So 
I'd probably swing more towards uh, this model, but on the other side, I also do see the idea of having like the customer success really being purely focused on the success and removing the sort of revenue discussions uh, off the table. Well, and to get into that just for a minute, I mean, we could talk about this for a long time, (laughs) but then then it, 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 it brings in, there's two things that come in there, right? And the first one is the philosophy. So what is the philosophy of your team? And if you're bringing in the right people and hiring to character um, and having a growth mindset, then you get the right individual there. And if your, your comp plans are correct, then you, you have a base that works with the accelerators that don't drastically change that environment, but then get individuals to focus on you know, the, the nature of uh, some of the conversations. Um, and so that, and then how that changes is, you know, of course, you know, uh, according to what the company wants. Um, and then, but it also, so it's always, but it's always about the customer experience. For me, that's, that makes the most sense. Um, but then, um, you know, then from, you know, to the other side of the, of the same coin, as you uh, demonstrated for the, the earlier example, is you have customers that say, well, you're all, I know you're also getting comped on performance. So, I know, you know, I'm not going to buy additional seats or, or pay for a plan that is outside of the reality of, of driving value and outcomes for me. And so, um, it's, it's that balance, but if you if you have the, a team that's geared and, and, and coached mentored, um, and incentivized in the right manners, then, um, those, um, those areas will, will hopefully take care of themselves as you mature as a team. And so those are the overall goals. Yeah. And you mentioned about those accelerators, like how, do you want to talk through that a little bit, how it works, like how that comes into part of your incentives as well as a team? Sure. Um, so it's working with finance um, and their business intelligence team and corporate business intelligence to say, you know, what are our corporate goals and, and how do we break those down? So what's been really uh, wonderful at Pipedrive is that the leadership team and the executive team has our company goals. We break those down into what are goals for revenue teams. Then uh, further with my management, break those down into what customer success owns. I break those down into what the teams own. Uh, and then we break those down within the teams into geographies. And then from there uh, to the uh, associate, the level, uh, the senior and the principal uh, at, at all of the teams that we have. Um, and so uh, the, the beauty of that is that at any given point in time, based on a conversation you're having um, at, as an individual contributor being measured by those performance metrics, you can draw a line from your level all the way up to what the corporate object- objectives are, of which there are three, uh, and you know uh, where you stand uh, in, in driving uh, value and outcomes and opportunities. And so, um, you know, more nuts and bolts about it. Some of them are have strict dollar amounts on them um, uh, for those behaviors. Some are, are percentage of, of the behavior. Um, and then we're talking about actually getting more nuance so that you're incentivized on the per, uh, different percentages and escalators on uh, discount differentials. So, um, you know, you're, you're helping your individuals become more disciplined and the customers more accountable and disciplined to uh, how you um, level the, the playing field with discounts. Makes sense. And it sounds like you've got a really good structure in terms of metrics and analytics, like good solid like KPI tree I was just envisioning in my head, uh, trickling down from the top where each person in the team understands and clearly can see like how their work is impacting all the way up to the top three. You mentioned top three metrics. Like, what are those? Uh, from the corporate level, there's an there's ARR. Uh, so that's that's very simple. Uh, there's their profitability. Um, pretty pretty simple on that. And then uh, for each team, there um, depends what the t- the team is. But then we have uh, a third, which is around the employees. And so 
you know, one of the numbers I'm very proud of is in November um, of last year, our, our employee uh, EP, we call it ENPS um, for customer success was at um, 25 um, or 22. Uh, it was in the mid to low twenties and now it's at 77. And it would be interesting if you could do that with like, you know, 15, 20 people. We've done it with at that point in time, over 35. Um, so to, to give uh, an environment that comes from the company down to customer success and, and give people a place. And that was by building uh, career paths and, and doing a number of things for the team um, to help enhance their journey. But, you know, through this, the call, we talk a lot about numbers and business, which is vitally important, of course, but then it's about the team and the employees as well. So I just want to throw that in there. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, and like how you've adapted like the NPS to EPS. Uh, but uh, very cool. Uh, no, so I see we're running up on time. I want to save time for a question. I ask every guest that joins the show. Uh, let's imagine a hypothetical scenario now that you join a new company, churn and retention is not doing great. And the CEO comes to you and she says, hey, Jeff, like we really need to turn things around. Uh, we have a short window. We have 90 days. Uh, we need to make a dent in our churn. Uh, you're in charge, but here's the catch. You're not going to give the typical answer where everybody says, I would look at the data, try and understand the biggest problems. I would speak to the customers and then I'd start with those. You're just going to wing it and you're going to pick one thing that you've seen that's been effective in reducing churn in the past. And that's going to be the playbook that you run with. What would you pick? Um, having... Uh, cadence calls with every single leader uh, in the company. Because churn is a, a company, uh, whatever you, however, whatever adjective you want to put now, and we want to put on after that. So churn is owned by the company. Um, the, the classic mistake is thinking that churn is owned by uh, a singular function called customer success. Uh, churn is related to your ICP. Churn is related to uh, your marketing uh, references. Churn is, you know, how your sales. Uh, if you have deal desk, if you have a customer advisory board, if you have proper feedback loops with product, um, churn is uh, is a, a company owned uh, problem. So it, it would start internal, and and there we can scale it out. But <coughs> excuse me, but um, yeah, there, that's that's my playbook. Get everybody in the room and uh, make sure that we're um, focused on on product. I think for me, like after all this, uh, all these episodes, I think for me, alignment is definitely number one on the list is that you cannot make an impact and make a dent if you don't have everybody aligned and everybody like understanding what the problem is and how the team will go about collectively solving it. And I mentioned to you before the show that we previously made a mistake um, when at Hotjar by putting together a churn team, thinking that we would get together a group of individuals from around the company to try and solve this challenge when really it needs to be something that comes from the top down. It needs to have alignment from all exec uh, members in the company and everyone on the team needs to understand like how their role has an impact and how it plays. And that only comes from communication and speaking and educating the team. So uh, I love that point. And ownership. You know, I, I, I firmly believe that every team should have uh, a lot of teams across the company will have an uplift metric uh, hidden somewhere in their, in their performance. Uh, but you have a churn. Why, why are we, we can churn out a product that brings in a lot of um, trials, but if they don't stick and pay for three to five years, then what's the point? Um, and so, you know, you want to see that owned across the board, but yeah, absolutely. It needs, it's top down. Exactly. Last question then. What's one thing that you know today about churn and retention that you wish you knew when you got started with your career? Oh gosh, how, how vitally important operations is. 
Um, and that, it, it, that's, that's the first and foremost. And then um, that's, you know, that's strategic. Um, the other thing is um, though, though it's age old, it's all about the customer. I mean, if there's one thing that I wish that everybody could hear uh, that hears out of my mouth every day to anyone I talk with, it's customer, customer, customer. And, and that cannot be said enough, cannot be outplayed. It'd be just um, that. And that's what brought me here. I mean, I, I learned that a long time ago by accident as well. Um, by having some fun and, and, and making progress and helping people do their jobs. Um, it's about the customer. Very nice. Great way to end uh, the show. Is there any final thoughts you want to leave the listeners with like anything they should be uh, aware of or kept up to speed with your work? Um, well, they, you know, happy to, to connect with everybody on LinkedIn and, um, and it's all about the community and customer success. Um, and also, you know, not just breaking down the silos as I hold a, a bi-weekly series with my team from other teams at a company with, uh, in my all hands, breaking down the silo series with in, in pipe drive, but customer success, we see customer success in SaaS, of course, but I have friends that operate in customer success in education. Um, you know, if you have a customer, you should have a customer success program. Um, and the, the, the sky's the limit from there. And it's the best profession in the, in the world. You learn everything about your company, everything about your customer, um, and you get to do everything, uh, so many different things in a day. So this is where I'll be customer success, whether it's uh, SaaS or, or selling uh, hotcakes. I'm here. Very cool. Well, Jeff, it's been a pleasure having you today. Thank you so much for joining and I uh, wish you best of luck now uh, going forward. Andrew, thank you so much for the time and opportunity. I look forward to speaking with you again soon and, and visiting you in Cyprus whenever I can. Yep, absolutely. Cheers. Cheers, Andrew. Thank you. And that's a wrap for the show today with me, Andrew Michael. I really hope you enjoyed it and you're able to pull out something valuable for your business. To keep up to date with Churn.fm and be notified about new episodes, blog posts, and more, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting churn.fm. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any feedback, good or bad, I would love to hear from you, and you can provide your blunt, direct feedback by sending it to andrew at churn.fm. Lastly, but most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a review as it really helps get the word out and grow the community. Thanks again for listening. See you again next week.